Let's open to uh, Titus 2.10. What we're going to talk about, and Kathy already gave it away when we were, uh, I was getting some coffee, which I should not have had another cup, but I did. And I told Kathy what my message was, and she said, oh, putting on. And I said, oh, well, well we can just go home now. Um, and if I can find Titus, we will, we'll get started. So Titus, we're going to go to verse 10, but, but to get... Uh, but to get context of it real quick, let's start in verse 9. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. And this is the verse I'm, I'm looking for today. Not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. Um, I want to talk today about adorning the doctrine. So in context of what we just read, servants to be obedient unto their own masters, not purloining. Purloining is just a Bible word for stealing. Masters, we're all servants to somebody, but that's really, I really want to adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. And, and so we've got two things. I, I, I want to go with definitions here. I like definitions. And I used to always use the Webster's 1828, and I still use it a ton. But you listen to Rick and you listen to other preachers and say, we should try to define words from the Bible. That's how we do it. And I, I always thought, well, what's the deal with that? Well, when was Webster's 1828, right? When was our Bible written, the King James Bible? 1611. 1611. So you've got over 200 years before. I know we use uh, the version we use today, you guys, is, is 1769. This is not part of the lesson. This is, this is in addition to and for free. Um, but so it's really good if you, if you can. I, I still struggle sometimes with trying to get up a Bible definition from the Bible. I, I, I just said it. My, my brain is not big enough. So I will use my Webster's 1828, but when I can, try, try, to, try to use your Bible uh, and, and maybe use that as a thing. Let's just look at, let's look up the word adorn first. 1 Timothy 2.9 and Isaiah 61.10. I'm going to try to do the same thing Phil does. I'm just going to try to do two because I can't do three. So 1 Timothy 2.9, not 2 Timothy. 1 Timothy 2.9, in like manner also, that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array. So there is the women adorn themselves. What does the word mean? Well, not sure. Isaiah 61.10. We kind of know, you know, you, you know that from there. Isaiah 61.10. I will greatly re rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of my salvation. He hath covered me with robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. So what are we getting when we're talking about adorning? What are we doing, guys? There's, there's, we use it in, in, Paul uses it a lot. The adorn is only mentioned, it's, it's actually... Three times, it, 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 there's eight times where adorn is used. It's not just the word adorn, but adorned. So in the Bible, the whole time. But we have another thing we call it, the putting on, right? And Kathy said that to me today. I, I'm saying, well, she asked me, what are we talking about? I said, well, adorning the doctrine. She said, oh, we're going to put it on. And I went, well, okay, we're done. So we can go home now. Kathy, Kathy knows the whole message. But so, right? So adorning is a, a putting on of, decking, okay? So we're going to... And Paul says, let's adorn, we're going to adorn the doctrine in all things. So we've got that down. Um, now, doctrine, I know you guys, we've, we've talked about it before, but let's go to Proverbs 4.8. I'm trying to, 
I, I want to do, maybe there's one person here that doesn't know what these are. Proverbs 4, 8, 4, I'm sorry, 4, 1 through 8. Everybody there? Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. For, for I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. What? What, will, what preserves thee? This good doctrine, right? In the, in the Old Testament, it's, it's the law. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy get, all getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. What are we talking about here? We're talking about doctrine, right? We are a church that we teach doctrine. And, and what it, we need to understand is, is you've got to figure out where, where your doctrine is, what is the doctrine that you should, you should follow. Because there are, there's, I'm going to talk about three different types. We have the Bible doctrines, right? We know that we need to rightly divide. Why do we rightly divide that? We, we talk about that. Because we want to know how we should live today, right? Today. That's what we want to know. But there's also man's doctrines. We have men, men's doctrine. We're gonna, I'll give you some verses. And the third, what's the, what's the third one? We could, you guys can talk to me. What's the third doctrine that, that's in this book that is talked about? What kind of doctrine? You've got Bible doctrines, men's doctrines, and doctrines of devils. We have devils. So let's, let's just real quick, um, Colossians Let's go to Mark 7, 5 through 7, and then we're going to do um, Colossians 2, 8. You guys will have to forgive us folks that are up here as stand-ins because uh, it's just a lot harder to do this than you think, especially finding, your, finding you, can, you can find that stuff sitting in a pew all day long, but boy, you get up here and you go, oh my gosh, I can't find anything. 7, 5 through 7. This is, this is Pharisees, right? And Jesus is talking to them. Um, and he says, Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not the disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but with their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Um, Go to Colossians 2.8. You guys are probably already there waiting on me. Colossians 2.8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through what? Philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, not after Christ. We have men's, doc men's doctrines that we have to be extremely careful of, right? Um, Phil was talking this morning about the lost. He had a Lion here for the lost, the lion for the saved. What do they? What, are, what doctrines do they follow? They follow the doc. They follow two doctrines: man's and the doctrine of devils. Okay. Just real quick, let's go. Let's let's look at a couple devil. What devil's doctrines is? First um, Timothy four one through three. And we're going to do Revelation two fourteen. First Timothy four one through three. 
Now the Spirit, and we've all heard this before, uh, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to them that receive them, um, with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Doctrines of devils. You can think of any churches that might teach something like that today, that where we're at. You don't even have to answer it out loud. Revelation 2.14. I found this one. When you're doing these lessons, honestly, and Phil, Joe, Keith, Greg, Greg, Brian, these guys know when you're, when you're making these lessons, you're teaching yourself. And there's always something that kind of sticks out at you, and you go, wow. How about that? Revelation 2.14. This is uh, Jesus talking again and says, but I have a few things against thee um, to, the, to the church. This is Pergamos. I have a few things against thee because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast out a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to Israel, to idols, I'm sorry, sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. Devil's doctrines is basically where we would live today. You, 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 that, that little G, God, that Phil talked about this morning, that little G, those are the doctrines these people live by. They don't even know it, honestly. They, they truly don't, but they do. And they're watching us, just like Phil says. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, is Phil going to teach my whole lesson here? And, uh, and uh, luckily I've got a couple, maybe other things. The word doctrine, which we harp on, 55 times in the King James Bible, Right? 23 of those 55 are in Paul's epistles. Now, think about why, why would that be that, that they're, in, they're in Paul's epistles? It's, it's absolutely important. But it's also, right, they didn't have this whole Bible done at the time. So they were getting stuff, you know, Paul got revelations from, from Christ. He saw Christ and got revelations from him. Um, Paul would have to speak audibly to people, teach them about what he has, because they didn't have it in writing. Now, this Bible's complete, right? We know we, know we have it now. Um, so it's all written. It's, it's, we don't have anybody. We don't have prophets talking to us. We have it here. This is the, the doctrines. We, we, we learn what we need to, what, how we live, how we should live as Christians through this book. So that's, that's what I just said in about 10 minutes. So we've got tons of doctrines. Um, we have, so we all know that, we have the, the big the line on the chart. We have the Old Testament. We have the, the period we're in now. And then we, got, we have the times where Israel's going to finish their, their program, which after our catching away. Um, I have a bunch of verses here, and I can tell right now I'll never get through this because I'm on page one, and I'm already 20 minutes in. So we're going we're gonna to skip. But there's tons of doctrines uh, in Deuteronomy 22. It talks about us wearing garments of different... Um, Diverse sorts. These are doctrines that if, if I'm today, this, this is a blend shirt. I mean, I, I'm, already, I'm already breaking a doctrine, right? But this is an Old Testament doctrine. It's part of their 613 points of their law. Um, they're, 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 um, in Leviticus 4.13, he talks about sins of ignorance. Again, talking about law, right? We, we, we know that we have that there. Deuteronomy 23, the promises to the, the making promises to the Lord. Back in the old day, uh, not that if you make a promise to the Lord, you shouldn't keep it now, but then it, it was absolutely more than just frowned on. 
you know, you you are going to have to make do for that. You're going you're going to you're going to pay for that in one way or another. Um, I I just want to go with. I would love to. I, I'd love to take some time and go through that, but I, I just don't think I have the time. What is our? I, remember, I got to get back to my big picture. My big picture is adorning the doctrine. What is the most important doctrine that we have today? And anybody, just what what is, any, any ideas? What the most important doctrine is? What is it? Paul's. But what is it? What's the of, of all Paul's doctrines? Because there's a lot. What is the most important one? Saved. Salvation, right? So we, we have, to me, it's, let's go to Luke 18, 18 to 22, and Mark 16. Just grab Luke 18 and Mark 16. My, my point here is, is that today, this place isn't filled. But there's a lot of people who say they're Christian, don't they? Luke 18, 8, Luke 18, 18 to 22. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to, in, to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not, keep, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these I have kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. Where do Christians live today? Where do the majority of Christians live? What books? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Where am I at? Well, this gospel that I just, is it, this is a gospel. He was, he was telling this kid what to do. Would it save somebody today? No. This, this, if you preach this, this, this would damn somebody to hell for eternity. So go look at Mark 16. These are all, and, and I, I probably, Matthew, Mark, you guys all know these, Matthew 16, 15, and 16. And he said to him, go ye, into the, go, ye all, go into all the world, just get it right there, Nick, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Again, can I teach that today? Is that adorning the doctrine? Would that be adorning the doctrine today? No, it would be absolutely the opposite. It would be a doctrine of a devil, actually, today. You... you uh, if you were teaching that thing. So I've got two more of those, Matthew and Matthew, baptize, observing all things. Uh, James, what does James talk about? Uh, James 2, 21 through 26. So let's, let's go back, let's go to the James real quick. There's a, there's a lot about this book and a lot about Christians today though that they just, they just aren't understanding that they, uh, they, I think they mean well. And I know most of them probably do. They want to be saved. They th they're taught this is how you're saved. These are the things that you, you do to be saved. In James, and I know there's, every one of us has had somebody up that's come up to them and say, all you're telling me I have to do is believe that Christ died for my sins and, and was buried and rose again, and that's all I have to do. Well, what about James 2, 21 through 26? And you, you, they'll, they'll quote you these things. And um, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son up to the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which said, Abraham believed unto God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. 
You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. We have to deal with this. This is Honestly, it's in our book, but they don't understand right division. That's, that's what it, why if you want to adorn a doctrine, there was no other doctrine that you could do. There was nothing. Your brain just wouldn't figure it or you just didn't want to. The only thing that, that is the difference between heaven and hell is, is our gospel today. You want the long version? Go to Romans. Start in Romans 1. Show them what they are. Show them what a sinner is. Go to Romans 2. Show them how by a work they're not, they're not going to get there either. And then Romans 3 is the capstone. You know, for all men have sinned. We all are short. None of us seek God. Oh, I'm a, I'm a God seeker. I'm a God seeker. No, you're not. Not according to, to God's word. You're not. So if, if I had no other doctrine that I could adorn, um, this, is, this is the one I, I, I think it's the most important one. Again, this is just me. I could be 100% wrong, and I would expect one of you to correct me on it um, if I am. But it, if, if I'm going to adorn a doctrine and I can only choose one, this is what I'm going to choose. Um, I got just some other doctrines. To, it's 1125. I'll never make it. Phil, I'm going to be over in half hour, so good thing people don't know that. Let's go. So I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about three doctrines. Three, four, five. Okay, let's, let's just get through a couple. All right. Um, my favorite, my favorite, uh, not another, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. You know, Rick, uh, Rick and, and Phil and, and everybody that steps in, we teach doctrine. We, uh, we make no apologies for it because it's how, the, the, all doctrine is, is what is it? It's instruction. It's, it's what is taught. And I, I actually think I skipped that in my lesson. What is doctrine? Doctrine is what we teach. Doctrine is what's taught. There, there's man, man teach it, philosophers teach it, devils teach it. So it's what's taught. You have to figure out what is the doctrine that I'm supposed to live by today. You know, we talk about 2 Timothy 2.15, about uh, studying to show yourself approved. Study. Oh, I took a picture of my kitchen table yesterday because I had books everywhere, and, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, I have a headache. I, I literally had a headache, and I'm supposed to be done. But, but it's, it's weary. It's, it's wearisome to the flesh. But then you get those little things, that nuggets that come into your head, and you go, Oh my gosh, I've read that before, but I never thought of it like that. And, and what do I said? I almost went into, uh, I'll admit it, uh, I almost went into tears about something because I just said, I couldn't find what I was looking for. And then all of a sudden it was like there. And I said, thank you, Father. I, I, I knew it was here. It's just, where is it? And it's, it's just, it's so fun. First uh, Corinthians, these are doctrines I, I think are important to adore. First Corinthians 13, four through seven. Am I there? Yes, I am. And the, and the first one I think is the doctrine of charity. Charity, what is it? It suffers long, it's kind, charity of envy it not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, and is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And the people said, oh my gosh, that's a lot of stuff. Charity, um, it's, it's, it's really easy for us to be, to be kind and, and to, to be peaceful, to, to, um, not to envy. Uh, the folks you like, 
charity is a lot easier to, to dish out with people you like. It's the people that, it, it, it's the folks that aren't as kind to you, that, that fight you with doctrine and stuff. We, we have to learn to give them space. We all have to learn this slowly. I don't know what Rick knows. I don't know what a lot of people know. The reason we're up here is to learn and to teach, right? That's what it, to forgive each other. You know, charity is just teaching and, and loving with truth. It's, I know we have a big thing, it's called faith, uh, love in action. But if you read this, this is a doctrine that you'll spend your life trying to, trying to get through, trying to, trying to learn it, to, to, uh, to give it. It's, it's a, a doctrine that I, I think it's probably maybe one of the harder ones for me is, is charity. But um, Romans 12, 17, 21. How about, how about this for, for charity? Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Phil, what was Phil talking about today? How are, when we're sanctified, who's looking at us? The lost, right? Provide things, provide things honest in the sight of all men. We're, you know, we, we're not just doing this for us. We are, we are, we are doing this to be, a, to be a, uh, an example to people, an end sample, to, to let people know. Um, 17, where did I leave off? If it, if it is possible, as much as life within you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And here you go. You want something, you want a doctrine? Therefore, you want to adorn a doctrine? If thy enemy, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. Um, in today's world, that's getting harder and harder, isn't it? I mean, it just, um, I can say one word, politically. Yeah, that's all you've got to say. And, and, and I used to think, oh, God's going to keep holes of fire on his head. But really, what is it? When you treat someone that's treated you horrible, it's almost that is your enemy, and, and you've, treated him, you've treated him well, what, what is that? What does he mean by he's going to heap coals of fire on his head? Isn't it not his conscience? That man's conscience, he's like, well, this guy doesn't like me, and yet he's still being nice to me, and I don't like him, but he's being nice to me. Is this a doctrine to adorn, something maybe we should put on? Is it easy in our flesh? Because we have this thing. I, I'm taking it here that everybody here is a saved person, but we sure have an old man, don't we? Uh, and you want to fire on up an old man real quick. Talk politics. That'll, that'll fire you up in 10 seconds flat. So, and, and on both sides of the aisle. Um, 2 Thessalonians 3, 14 through 15. Again, the big picture is here is adorning the doctrine. 2 Thessalonians 3, 14 and 15. But continuest thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing them and who thou hast learned them. And that from a child... I'm, where am I? Nobody knows. Oh, I'm in 2 Timothy. I was like, you know, this really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. How about 2 Thessalonians? Think, see, Phil? I do it too, and I've done this a lot. 2 Thessalonians 3, 14 and 15. Yeah, I was like, it's just not making a whole lot of sense. And what really is sad is that 3, 14 and 15. 
And if any man obey not the word by this epistle, so now we're gonna, we're gonna let's, let's talk about brothers. And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. So can we just stop there to adorn that doctrine? Nah, we better read the next verse, huh? Yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. He's still a brother. So we have, I was talking to Marla, and honestly, this, we know enough, I know enough, and I'm gonna just speak for me. I know enough people that know our message, that believe our message, that honestly, this, this place would not hold. There, there's enough people in Phoenix that know this message and believe this message, uh, that this, this place wouldn't hold us all if we were here. But there is a reason why it's not as full as it should be. Um, this, these two verses, I'm afraid, come into play here. So something to remember if we are having a doctrinal dispute with a brother is that they're, they're not our enemies. They're, they're, they're really not. So um, again, just how do we adorn the doctrine? All these things here, this is, this is teaching me because I have failed at every single one of these almost daily. I, I fell on. Um, the next doctrine, I'm going to go on from there. I had to have more, but I'm never going to get through. The, the doctrine of one mind. So go to 2 Corinthians 13.11. I'm going to actually look it up here. Romans 12.16. We'll start in 2 Corinthians, though. Second Corinthians thirteen eleven. So Paul has had his, the second. He's now given two letters to the Corinthians. We know that there's been at least one more. It doesn't become scripture, but we know that there's at least one, possibly two. Um, finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace sh shall be with you. Okay, one mind. Think about that for a second. Let's go to Romans 12, 16. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your, in your own conceits. Romans 15, 6, while we're here. That ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. One mind, I, this, this one is such a big one, I actually think someday I'd like to break this up into a, this one all by itself and teach on the one mind. Um, there's, there's, so, there's so much, uh, uh, there are a ton of Christians in this world, saved people, that don't understand our message as far as rightly dividing. They're still our brothers. There's, we still we, we want to teach them without... What we'd like to get to is to be able to use charity, teach these folks without angering them, without turning them off. You know, Paul, how did, how did Paul deal with the Jews? He became as a Jew to the lawless, as, as lawless. His message didn't change, but how he interacted with those people changed to the people he was dealing with. So if we're ever going to get to one mind, we have a lot... We have a long way to go, um, and yet that's what we're here for, right? We're, we're here, we're here to, to be a church that we think with one mind. Is it easy? It, it, because what, what do we have? We have these sin natures that just get on a freeway. Get on a freeway for five seconds. You tell me how that's, if that's sin, you know, I'm a, I'm a good-to-do person. Get on a freeway and have somebody cut you off or 
as I did to the motorcyclist because I didn't see him. I pulled into his lane and he had to get into another lane. Yeah. Well, how, how's, you know, how's that for me very quickly? Um, we want to get we want to get to where we can all talk with one with teach with one mind. He he talks about it all over the place. First Corinthians, one Philippians, um, Philippians two two, Philippians four two, one mind, one mind, one mind, one mind. It's a pretty huge goal, right? It's uh, do do we even have one mind in the grace movement? Absolutely not. Not even close. Not even close. Um, doesn't mean we can't strive for it though. That's what we're here to do. Remember, you guys, we have the doctrines of putting on and putting off. Kathy knows this. To me, adorning the doctrine is, the big picture here is putting off the old man, putting on the new man. That's the big picture. And then take these doctrines and, and deal with the individual people we live with, fill, uh, live with and, and work with. Um, some of us work in, in the prison system. Keith has a ministry to the prison system. We... We're working with some people that can that that are some serious some serious things. They still God'll save anyone. He'll save anyone and everyone. Um, if we can help somebody like Keith with his ministry, if he'll if he needs the help, we need to help him. Uh, we're gonna we're at some point we want to become all of one mind. So how do we get these folks? We teach them right. We we teach them right division. We teach them so, how how is a person saved? We can use charity to do it. We can try to, as we get together as a group, start being of one mind and figuring out how is it we're going to do these things. Um, the one mind doctrine is, is, is an unbelievable thing. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.16, in fact, it was, it was so big that I, just, I almost just left it out because uh, it's, it's just a huge... So... I'm going to come back to this after I say it, but we're going to, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 2.16. For who hath known, let's, let's get some context here. Let me go to uh, 1 Corinthians 2, let's go to 14 through 16. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. That's that big S, right? That's the Holy Spirit. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. That, I, I, maybe it's just me, but that is one of the biggest. We have the mind of Christ. Wow, where is that when that guy cut me off? Where is the, where is, by the way, where is the mind of Christ today? Yeah, it's in the book. Yeah, we're, it's not through superstition. It's not through me jabbering up here like a fool. But you have it here. You, you have the mind of Christ. And it's something that, um, it's, it's the, the you, when you get somebody saved and you can teach them that they don't have to look at circumstances in life, that, that the answers are here. They're not easy answers. They're not easy answers for any of us. But it is, it is where the mind of Christ is. When it says, yeah, we have, well, what's the will of God for my life? Where is it? Right here. We, we know it, right? We can teach somebody. We can, we can show them where, it, where it's at. Um, the doctrine, I'm, I'm going to actually just go on with it now because I, I can see I'm running time. The doctrine of faithfulness. Ephesians 1.1, Colossians 1.1. 1, 1. We'll just, we're just going to run through these real quick. Every one of these could actually be a lesson. Um, and aren't you guys lucky that I don't get to teach every week? 
Ephesians 1.1, Colossians 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints, which are at Ephesus. What is a saint? Sanctified, saved. Are we, are we going to say saved? It says, um, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Is that two different groups? I don't know. I, I, some people teach that, that that could be two different groups of people. The, the, the faithful are, are saints, but not all the saints are faithful. Now, do we see that? Do you see that today? Yeah, you do. Colossians 1, 1 is it, it just, it's exactly the same thing, but you just see it's just another letter. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. There are so many ways for us to be faithful, and this is probably where I'm going to spend most of the rest of the time here. Um, the doctrine of faithfulness. One of, the, one of the big ways to being faithful is I am so thankful that you guys came today. Honestly, you didn't have to. You could have stayed home and really watched Rick. But being here on Sundays, that is, it's a big thing. Um, I was talking with Marla earlier, and having a place to come, and I know I hit you guys on this all the time, and aren't you glad I don't teach a lot? Because I hit how important this is. When, when I met, we all know what I met, I'm not gonna talk about it again, it was me and him. Marla has been where there's nobody. She's on her own. We have, we, we're, we're very lucky here. We're very fortunate. I, I wanna, it is, it's a great place to be, but to be here to support Rick, to support the ministry, not Rick, the ministry of Southwest Bible Fellowship and what we do, it's important to be in the pews. Um, it's how you learn. It's how you, how we, we grow. It's how we can talk to each other, how we bounce doctrine off each other. Um, yeah, I can do it now. With the internet and things, email, telephone, well, we don't use phones anymore, do we? Does anybody talk on these things anymore? We actually text, you know. So there, there's a lot of that we can do, but being here is where I get comfort. I, I tell Susie, there's times when we don't go. There might be a race I want to watch or a tennis match that I want to watch, and I skip it, but I don't I don't feel good about it because I, I realize this is home. Sunday, I need to be here. This is where I want to be. Faithfulness is a huge, huge thing, and it's, it's one I'm, I'm going to harp on. Um, let, me, let me hit on the next one. This is helping to teach. So we have a bunch of guys here. Joe, Phil, Keith, Brian in the back, um, Greg. We've got a bunch of guys to teach. I would love to see, and unfortunately, I only see one of the younger men, and I'm looking at him now. He's got sunglasses on his hat. Um, I was, this was 21 years, almost 22 years ago that I met Rick. I was just a kid, too. I was 39 years old. I'll be 61 next month. I'm not, I'm not young anymore. I know. So Bruce thinks I'm young. But what I would love to see, oh, to be 61. Yeah, there's always got to be somebody in the audience. You young guys that know this message, this is your, it's your game. This is, this is for you. We're not going to be here around. We're not going to be around. We need, we need some of you younger fellas to pick up those Bibles and wear your brains out and come and teach. Come and learn to teach when you've got people that love you and that will help you and support you. Yeah, um, if it's Phil said, and I, I didn't do it, so because I've never done anything for just 30 minutes. But Phil said that um, they're taught that if you're new at this, how, how long was the one year? Under a year teaching? Under, um, this afternoon, yeah. If you're new, 
don't teach for over 30 minutes. I would love to see a young kid come up here and teach for 15 minutes. Pick a little thing and start slow and learn. If you guys think this is easy for me and that I would rather do this than be sitting in the room, you're crazy. I wouldn't. I'd rather not. I, I, I'm here, though. Why? Because of rule number one in my rules, being here on Sunday, when Rick's not here, I don't want this place closed. We need to be open. Yeah, we need to be open. So for the younger guys, I hope maybe they'll hear about Nick babbling on about it. I would love to see some of the younger guys learn enough of this docu docu the doctrine to start teaching a little bit. Um, short, 15 minutes, you know, just take, yeah, and, and learn how to get up here and speak in front of people and look at people. And I understand it's hard, guys, um, trying to look at you, trying to find your your books in your Bible that you know are there and stay on your notes. It's not easy. Um, you got to get up here and do it and fail and, and look like an idiot and, and go to, where was I? I was, in, I was in the second book. I should have been in the first book. We all know. We all, we all do it. Uh, some of the big guys that I listen to still do the same exact thing. Where is this? You know, I know it's in my Bible. Where is it? Um, so some of the younger men. And you know what? Not just the younger guys. You old folks. If you all want to get up and teach, we, we, does the Grace Movement have enough teachers? Seriously, do we have enough teachers? We don't even, we don't, we're not even close. We don't. Um, anybody who wants to teach, you talk to Rick, tell him you want to teach, he'll get you up here. He will. He's already offered, he's offered it as anybody who wants to. You want to be faithful? You, let, nobody learns better than the guy putting together a lesson. Is that not true? You put together a lesson, you learn way more than anybody else, and you learn what not to do and what to do. I learn a lot about what not to do. Um, other things, faithfulness. Helping in the nursery. Son, helping teach Sunday school. Music. I am so thankful that we have four people that can do music for here because we had a little machine once that played a little cassette. Well, first we started a cappella, and if you, you ever hear me singing a cappella, woo, you are in trouble. Then we got a, then we paid 400 bucks or something for this dumb machine. It was better than a cappella, but the first time I heard people starting getting on these pianos, music to my ears, uh, faithfulness. And, we have, and, I, and I, Bruce, Kathy, I appreciate you guys what you do. I, yeah, and James and Andrea, oh my gosh, it, it just means so much to me. But that's, that's being faithful, right? That's, that's adorning the doctrine. You love it enough to you'll get up in front of people and, and do things maybe you're not comfortable doing. I'm not overly comfortable doing this. Um, praying for each other. Doctrine of faithfulness. Do, do any of us do that enough? I hope some of you do because we, we, we can find that. But that, that's a, a huge one. I've talked about prayer before and probably the lesson before or two. Um, still don't do it enough. Still maybe need to reteach myself that lesson again. Praying for each other. Uh, for for on a daily basis. Rick's, what's Rick teaching right now about husbands and wives? You want to be faithful? Start there. Yeah, start start there. Start with their wife. Husbands, love your wives. Do I need to say another word? You know, that, that right there will take, that'll, that'll take us a lifetime too, right? Uh, why, do we, why are we to love our wives? What did Christ do for us? He loved us enough. He died for us. He died for us. And, and if you know who you are, and if you don't, go to Romans 1. Start there. You'll, you'll figure out who you are in Romans 1. I, lo I love that book. Um, let's, let's do a couple examples. I promise I will not go past noon. Romans 16. So let's go to Romans chapter 16. 
I'm glad I, I'm not skipping this part. I often wondered, you guys, and maybe you guys are with me, you ever wonder why the last chapter of these books, Paul starts naming people? And I'm like, I don't know, Phoebe, she's been dead for 2,000 years. <laughs> Priscilla and Aquila, okay, who are these people? And, and, and then, then you'll get to some names, but, but do you think it's possible? Do you think it's also possible that he's showing you what that church body does? For examples to us too, not just Paul. Um, Phoebe, Phoebe's, um, un, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which was a servant under the church. Uh, a what? A servant? Anything to do with doctrine? Uh, at Censoria, that you receive her in the Lord as become the saints, and that you assist her in whatsoever business she hath needed you. She has been a sucker of many and of myself also. Sucker means a helper. She helped him. Um, Priscilla and Aquila, you want to talk about people that helped? What did, what did they do? They laid their own, their, lives, their, their own necks down. Who have for my life laid down their own necks, but unto whom I give thanks. Start, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. So can, we, can you learn this stuff all alone in your own bedroom or your own office with a, with the, on the Internet? You can, can't you? You really can. But what are you missing? You're missing the fellowship. You're missing that give and take from the people. You're missing life. So some of this is, is like, I start going through these names, and I'm like, hmm, uh, let me look at one here. Priscilla and Aquarius, 16.6. Six, I'm sorry, yes, yeah, 16.6. Greet Mary who bestowed much labor on us. I don't even know which Mary this is. There are so many Marys in the Bible, but what? She got named. She's, she's named in the, in the scriptures because she bestowed much labor on us. These folks are some really good examples of, of people that helped Paul. And what you folks are are people that help Rick. And we are people that help Pastor Jordan. And Pastor Jordan is somebody that helps another big pastor somewhere else. And then you take this big umbrella, and now you can start whittling it down, and then maybe someday Susie's name is in here and Bruce's name. Um, it's It's... If you want real-life examples, this, this is where you can get some at the end of these books. It's just like, oh, okay. So I, I did not come up with this. This is something I heard from another preacher. And I started looking at it and I go, oh, this is pretty cool. You know, now I get, because all these names, what does that mean to me? It's kind of like being in, what's, what's, what are those books in the Bible where they named the, uh, the genealogies? No, gosh, I can't even think of, huh? Numbers. Now, is it numbers where they just start naming names and, and this is a son of, a son of, a son of, and, and you're in, I'm reading, my, I'm reading my Bible and you're like, all of a sudden you're going, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know I just read this, but I can't think of one word I just read. So, but, but that, and that's how I used to honestly looked at, looked at a lot of this. And then I started thinking, well, you know what? These are some examples for me. Yeah, these are people. Uh, what Priscilla and Aquila did is, is, mind-numbing, you know, that they, they put their lives on the line for this guy. Um, go, you guys know I love to go fight Lehman because we never go to fight Lehman. So go to fight Lehman. I'll even let you guys pick the chapter. <laughs> fight Lehman. Verse 23 and verse 24. There salute thee, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my what? What are they? My fellow laborers. 
There's more names. What happened to Demas? Demas left him. Yeah. At one time, he was a fellow laborer that left him. Um, there's some of that here. Honestly, honestly, there, there is some of that here. It happens. It happened 2,000 years ago, and it's happening today. There's, this book is so alive, it's, it's just, you, you just have to believe it. You know, you have to believe it. You have to get into it and believe it. Um, okay, so how, big picture. I wanted to I talk about adorning the doctrine. Kindness. Col- Colossians 3, 12 through 13. Colossians 3, 12 through 13. And now we're going to get into putting it on. Kathy, here's verses for you. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness, and mind of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. perfectness. Um, we have an old man. We can't put something on until we put it off. And if you notice, he, he talks about, in, in his writings, he talks about putting off and then putting on. You've got to put off that filthy rag before you put on the clean clothes, right? And, and a lot of this adorning the doctrine is you can't adorn doctrine until you get, get that filthy stuff off you. Um, some of that is our doctrinal baggage. Some of that is man's doctrines. We all have it. We all have some of this baggage that we have to get on off day to day. It raises its head up every single day in every single life, whether whether it's known to anybody else. But in your head, you know, you know that it's there. Um, it's a constant thing. Why does he say to stay in the Bible and be renewed in your mind? Because we have to we have to get it in every single day. Um, the do- doctrine of adorning the doctrine. We we have. We have the greatest future. So no matter, no matter how bad our day is, no matter how bad our week is, no matter, how, no matter how bad people treat you, think about where you're gonna spend eternity. Uh, I think Hans must have left already. Um, he talked about this is it's, it's a vapor. This life truly is just a vapor. We have eternity. So why not spend it doing what God would want us to do? And that is, it's his, is it not his doctrine? Is The mind of Christ is right here. We have to figure it out. So if we're going to adorn his doctrine, we're, we're adorning Christ, right? We're putting on Christ. That's, that's my, big, my big key message is that you want to adorn it, get in here, try to live it. When you fail, forgive yourself. What's the verse? And I don't have it written down. I want to tell you guys a story. This is, this is my last, my, Colossians 3, 8, 9, we talked about putting off. Susie and I went to a hockey game last Saturday. And when we got done, we went to a restaurant to eat, right? And here's my chart. We went to a restaurant to eat. And we were outside because it was too busy. So we were at this little table right here. And then couldn't see much other, but there was this table here. I could see one guy here, okay, reading dinner. (coughs) And they were talking like natural men. There was a group of them, probably five to seven of them. And I looked at Susie, and I said, this is just natural man talk. Every other word was, you guys, pick them. They were there. They were there, okay? And you're thinking, Nick, why are you telling this story? We got done with dinner, 
and, and I, you know, we live in this world, right? Paul says if we didn't, we would be out of the world. We're, we're going to be around it. But we got done with dinner, and we, we could leave by going through here and into the parking lot. And we did. And I just about fell down because they were at a circle. And when we went to leave, they were all holding hands and praying for dinner. And I just went, oh, my gosh. I would have never in my life thought any one of those people would ever pray. I don't know if they're saved, but just, just the fact that they were all holding their hands praying before dinner, I, I was just like, that is not putting on Christ. That, that, I, you just, it was 180 degrees. Um, I was shocked. I, it was one of the biggest shocks. My wife can verify. That I, I just, my jaw was on the ground. Is that putting on the doctrine? No, and, and, and I know I, I fail at that too. You know, you get with your group of guys, you get, get at work. Work is the worst place. Um, but as I've learned more and more, I, I swear less and less. I talk, it's, it's inconvenient to speak. Um, it, it's just, it does, it's not becoming, it's not adorning the doctrine of God. And I just was just shocked. What if that I had the guts, I'll bet Paul would have stopped at that table waiting for them to finish and then might have a conversation with them because I would have asked him, you know, I'd start with the most important doctrine in my world, and that's the gospel, and say, you know, and then, and then maybe lead from there. I don't have that kind of guts. I, I don't have it. But it was, it was an interesting thing. You want to adorn the doctrine, first you've got to put it off. So any questions? Guys, it's almost noon. I'm going to stop there. We have the mind of Christ. It's, it's the most amazing thing. You just have to believe it. It's in, it's in our word. Uh, and then you have to get in. You've got to study it and believe it. Let it live through you. And when you fail, forget about that stuff behind. Move forward. Move forward. Yeah. Renew your mind. Get in, get in this book. Anybody? Let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the day. I cannot be thankful enough for that, that people would even come today. Um, I'm most grateful that we, we have a Savior that, that would lay his life on, the, on down for us so that we could believe that he would pay for our sins, be a propitiation for us, and that all we have to do is believe that Christ died for us, was buried and rose again for our sins, and that from that moment on we are saved people. Let us please remember, help us through your word to adorn your doctrine. Uh, we know there's so many doctrines out there, Father, but we know that your doctrines is, is, is everything in our lives. Um, I, I, I just can't stress enough how, how much I, I pray that we, we could adorn the doctrine of you and let these people at the dog parks and the neighbors here see Southwest Bible Fellowship as a place where that peculiar bunch is at, but they're living the lives that you want us to live. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.